Thank you, Terrence, for reading the scripture for us today. And uh, welcome again, everyone. Good to see everyone being able to worship together. We're two weeks away from Easter. Uh, definitely, uh, we worship Jesus every week, every day, but uh, Easter is a very special time for us. Uh, we kicked off our new sermon series this past week on um, Bless, and we've been talking about Bless. And it's a, a one of the series. This series is about the missional practice that we can have to reach out to the lost. Last week we talked about what we have to do, uh, not in the sense of like obligation or like the things that that we have to do to to maintain life, but uh, with a with a purpose, with excitement that I have to do, I get to do. And we saw how Jesus had to go through Samaria to talk to the woman, the Samaritan woman. And we look at the three aspects of Jesus' mission, right? If you remember, you don't have to unmute yourself, but go ahead and, and try to remember and recite it with me. The first element of that is what is to reach. At any given weekend, up to 90% of America are not worshiping Jesus. There are so many people who need to be reached, who need to, they are far away from God and we want to go and reach them. That's exactly what Jesus did, making that he had to make the trip to reach out to that Samaritan woman. But not only reaching, the second R is what? That we are to restore. And I, 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 I think I can safely assume for many of you who have heard what's going on this past week, uh, with the shooting and this past year with all the injustice going on, not just this past year, but really for a long period of time, there are racism, there are injustice in this world. Jesus' intent is to restore the world the way that he had made it through Jesus Christ. And so part of your job and my job, your mission and my mission is to go restore uh, God's kingdom here on earth. And the last one is, is that we are not just doing it ourselves, that we are to reproduce that. We are to reproduce that before God, uh, in people and help people to reproduce the mission in their lives. And so that's what we've, we're, we've been talking about. And, uh, we're going to continue on for the next few weeks, except for, um, for Easter Sunday, talking about how do we bless. I want to share with you a story, this experience I had, uh, probably not a new one for you. It happened to me before as well. Uh, but it's kind of, Interesting for me because it has been a while because of COVID. We haven't had people knocking our door. Uh, just a couple of days ago, we have a very, very kind gentleman come by our house and he knocked on, he's standing with six feet apart in front of my door and he rang the doorbell back off a little bit and I opened. I knew immediately and you probably knew immediately what he, will, he wanted to. He has a clipboard and he asked me, sir, are you the homeowner? Uh, this property. I said, yes. And I know, I know what he's going to do. He's going to sell me. And he said, Oh, do you feel like you, is there any remodeling that you would like to do at this time? Like many, many home, homeowners are taking advantage of this time to uh, remodel their house. Is there anything that you would like to do? How about the paint on your outside wall, paint inside of your wall? We'll do at, we'll do your, your roof. We'll do your windows. We'll do anything you ask us to do. Basically, that's what he's selling me on. And he said, if there's any work that you want to do, just let us know. We have a good deal. We've been working around the house, around the neighborhood. We're, uh, uh, we have a license. And so all to say is that you, you and I both know what he's trying to do, right? He's trying to sell me so that I can hire him to remodel my house. Now, what do you think my reaction was? Yes, come on in. Let's sign a contract. Probably not, right? Because anytime someone show up at your door, you already have a guard up. I might not have my fist up trying to try to protect myself, but you know that the wall was up already. So whatever he said, you, you might be, he might say, I'll give you 50% off. In the back of my head, I'm still doubting, wondering, what's the catch here? 
Like, can I really trust this person? Now, I want you to think of this. Imagine this. Instead of this guy, a random guy show up at my house, knock on my door and say, I'm going to work on your house. I'm going to give you the best deal. Imagine a friend of mine who is a contractor, who knows my house, who's been to my house. One time we're sitting for dinner and he looked around and said, man, it seems like there's some cracks in your wall. The paint is kind of falling off. And, and I know he's not being critical of my house, okay? He, he genuinely see these things. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice my paint is falling off of my roof. What if he said, hey, how about this? I'll, I'll send my guys over. I'll give you a good deal. I'll fix your house, remodel your house. What do you think? Do you think it's something you're interested in? Now, all of a sudden, my guards are down. All of a sudden, I'm not looking at this guy trying to sell me something but that this person actually have my interest in mind, have my house interest in mind. And I can trust him. I can believe in what he's trying to tell me. Now, he still needs to make a living and charge me. But all of a sudden, that dynamic is completely, completely different. A man standing outside, a stranger asking me to, to, to buy something he's selling versus a friend of mine who genuinely care about how my, my property is doing and offer a service for me. You see, the dynamic is so different. Back in 2017, there's a study done. It's really interesting. It's called blessers versus converters. Blessers versus converters. They tracked two, um, two teams of missionaries in Thailand, one of which were go with the approach of converting people. So they're the converters. And then you have another team, the same time uh, going to Thailand doing missions work, and they have the strategy of blessing people, meaning that they, they're not going to just go and, and convert people to faith. But whoever shows up that they, their intent is to bless them, uh, uh, as far as with, with, uh, services, with whatever that they can do, counseling, whatever, to the best ability to bless the people, whoever come across. And at the end of it, they follow this study, follow them for several years. And what they realized was this, that the blessers actually were much more effective than those who are just merely going to convert someone. In fact, it was so, uh, so effective that the blessers, even though they're not, uh, they're not saying they're not sharing the gospel, but they're, the, the whole purpose, the whole mindset and the bless, they were 50%, uh, 50 times more effective than the converters, meaning they helped 50 times more people come to know Jesus than those who set out to just go and convert someone. See, when we think of blessing, People, when we think of reaching out, when we so, so many times we're just thinking as a converter. We're that man outside of my house trying to sell someone something. You may perhaps have the best thing and we believe to be true that we have the best gospel in the world with the best message, but we're trying to sell them. We're trying to convert them. As far as we can tell, both from this small study but in fact, to a greater extent, the Bible tells us, this is actually not a surprise. Did you know that the Bible never had the word convert in there? Did you know that Jesus never said, Martin, you go convert someone. But you know the principle that the Bible tells us to do? It's the principle of bless. The principle of bless. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. 
a very uh, familiar story for many of us, Abraham being called by God to leave his home, to leave his home and go to a foreign place. He didn't know where it is, but God gave him this promise. And he says this, and I will make you, Abraham, a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And for many of us, we just get stuck right there. Well, what a great blessing. What a great promise that God's going to send me to this new place. He's going to bless me, give me a big name. I'm going to be a king at the great nation. He's going to bless me, my name great. Who doesn't want that? But then there is a purpose for that blessing. Behind this promise of blessing, there is actually a strategy of reaching the world for God. It says this, so that, here's the purpose statement, so that what? You will be a blessing. So God is giving this principle to Abraham, and it's not just through Abraham, but also to to uh, the Samaritan woman last week we saw, and even to Jesus, to all of us, is this, that I'm going to bless you relationally, financially, spiritually, and, 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 some, and bless you, not just for you, but for the purpose of you being a blessing. See, the way to see the kingdom of God grows, multiply, is not by converting. We see from scripture, the, the way to see the kingdom grow is by blessing. By blessing people, by being a blessing for us, as God has blessed us, we are called to bless others. So if that is true, and I believe it is, that's why we're going through this series. So the, this whole sermon series is not made up by by some pastor, uh, Dave Ferguson out in Chicago and, and make up this acronym. But this is actually a scriptural uh, strategy that God has called us to do to go bless people. So then the question we need to ask is, how do we bless? Last week, I kind of held out a little bit and tell you what does it mean to bless? This is actually an acronym uh, that I mentioned that uh, pa- uh, Pastor Dave uh, Ferguson had come up with. And I thought is very useful. So I want to leverage that for our sermon series. Uh, bless stands for this this acronym, as, uh, as you see on the screen. B stands for begin with prayer. L stands for listen. E is eat. The first S is to serve the needs of others. And the last is share your story. Share what Christ has done in your life. And that's what this sermon series is really about. As we talk about bless, we're saying that God has blessed us. So now we are to bless others. And these five practices that you can do are the ways that you can bless everyone around you. Your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your, your classmates, your teachers, your professors, your neighbors. These five practices or it's going to what, what allow you, what help you to be a blessing to other people. Instead of being just a converter, you get to be a blesser. You get to reach, you're going to restore and reproduce the same mission that God has in your life, in others. So I want to ask you to do this. I'm going to put the screen to, to black. And I want you to type in the chat again, just to review, help you remember, what does the, the, the acronym BLESS represent? What is B? Type it in the chat. What is B? And then what is L? Now what is E? What is S? And what's the second S? Very simple to remember. And I know that many of you guys are doing a great job remembering them. And so we're going to go through each one of them. But before, so today we're going to dive into the very first one, begin with prayer. But before I jump there, I want to caution you. 
Because this acronym is so memorable, so easy. So many times you can kind of just brush it off. You can see it first. Warning, I want to give you is this. That you can see this as a checkoff list. Just a thing to do. Every day I'm just going to check off the B. I'm going to start with prayer. Every day I'm going to go check off the L. I'm going to listen to somebody. But you see, genuine blessing was never a cold practice. A cold uh, project that you need to endure. Really blessing someone is a relational commitment and love toward another person or other people. So I want to caution you. Don't take this list and go, oh, I know uh, Pastor Ben says B-L-E-S-S. I'm going to take this list on my uh, in the mirror every day. I'm just going to right, check, 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 check and get this done. That's not the way to bless people. That's just doing a project. But not only do we not want to check off the list, here's what I don't want us to do. I don't want you to think that this is so simple that you stop doing it. Because you look at this, it's not, it doesn't seem that hard. You may have expect like, oh, if I'm going to make a kingdom impact in the world, I must do these crazy, difficult, challenging things. Wait, what? I just need to start with prayer? I just need to listen to someone? I need to eat with somebody? I eat, I eat many meals a day. I'm going to serve somebody? Just share my story. All these things seem very, very simple. But never mistake simple with simplistic. Just because they're simple does not mean that they're ineffective or or, or, or unused, uh, uh, not useful. These are simple practices. But I firmly believe, as we will see week on uh, the, the following weeks on, each one of these, Jesus himself practiced them demonstrate a model for us so that we will do the same for others. Now, I don't know about you. If it worked for Jesus, I think most likely it will also work for us. And so don't ever just, don't don't check them off as, oh, it's too simple. But just because it doesn't mean that is not effective and useful. In fact, I believe this is exactly what God calls us to do to continue to be, do these simple acts of uh, practices and missional practices every day. And we will see how God will use us for his kingdom as a blessing to others. So today we're going to begin with prayer. The first B, I know it's a bit of a stretch to put that begin with prayer because peace it starts P is not so, the acronym doesn't work very well. You go plus. So we'll go bless. Uh, but with the letter B, begin with prayer. But that, I think that begin is so important. The timing of the prayer. We should pray all the time, but we certainly want to start with prayer. You may be wondering, why should we pray? I think simply, well, I give you a church answer because Jesus prayed. You go to Luke chapter 4, Jesus, before he started his ministry, what did he do? He prayed for 40 days. Before Jesus chose the 12, what did he do in Luke Luke chapter 6? He spent all night praying. You see, praying is so important to Jesus in every single thing that he does. I believe the same ought to be true about us. We need to begin our mission daily with prayer. I think the major reason why we have to begin our, our, our mission with prayer every single day is because we just cannot do it ourselves. You and I cannot change someone's hearts. You and I cannot make someone a believer. You might be able to argue yourself and help, hopefully 
through your eloquence, through your words, through your uh, craftiness to impress someone. But you and I don't have the ability to transform someone. And the only person that can change someone's heart is not you, is not me, is Jesus himself. And so that is why it is so important for us to pray. I, I love the story, the testimony by our sister, Michelle, uh, during our anniversary. I don't know if you get a chance to listen to her. If you have not, I encourage you, go back on YouTube and listen to her testimony with her and her mom as well. And uh, she was been praying. I know she's been praying. Our pastor has been praying for her husband for many, many uh, years. And and she's trying to. She's talked to her husband about the Bible. She talks to her husband about Jesus, but her husband never really have any interest in God. That was until when uh, their children got sick during COVID time. Somehow God worked in his heart that all of a sudden he's willing to listen to to want to hear who Jesus is, and in fact, because of that. The same message that's been told him many, many times. Finally, bore fruit. And as a result of that, he came to know Jesus. You see, we ought to be faithful in sharing. We ought to be faithful in representing Christ in both deeds and word, work. But at the end of the day, the only person that can change someone is Jesus. And so we must, we must and must and must begin with prayer. So then the question is, what should we pray for? What should we pray for? Today, I want to bring us to um, one of the most famous prayer, perhaps, in all the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. In this Lord's Prayer, we, we see there are two things that we ought to be pray for, praying for. Two things. One is for those who are far away from God. The other thing is for us ourselves as disciples of Christ. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. But before I do, let me read the passage again for us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. Many of you can probably recite it yourself. Here's what it says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for your word. Teach us today, God, how to pray. Teach us what to pray and teach us to be dependent on you in our prayer. So God, would you stand in my body, speak through my vocal cord, help us uh, be uh, tune our hearts and minds to the things that you want us to hear, listen to and learn and live out. So Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Get glory among us today in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So here's two things that we need to pray for. When we talk about beginning with prayer, these are things I want to encourage you to do every single day, that you begin your day with prayer. Here's the first thing we need to pray for. We need to pray for those who don't know Jesus. What do we pray for? We need to pray that God will rule and reign in the lives of those who are far away from God. That's the first point. Go ahead and write it down. You're taking notes. That pray that God will rule and to reign in the lives of those who, in the hearts of those who are far away from God. We sang the song earlier, behold our God seated on the throne. Come, let us adore him. And we sing, you will reign forever. In fact, that exactly who Jesus is. The first part of this Lord's prayer, you can, if you want to divide it into is in verse nine and 10. The first nine and 10 says this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
One of the common misconceptions about the first part of this prayer is that we don't think that it was a prayer. We th- we think this is a declaration. What I mean by that is that most people, when they read that or recite it, they're thinking they're they're declaring, saying, proclaiming, "Oh God, you are uh, our Father in heaven. Your name is great. Your kingdom will come. Your will will be done here on earth." This is a declaration, but actually, that is not. Remember, Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. This instead of a declaration. It is a prayer request. Jesus was teaching his disciple. If I can kind of put it in my own word, what Jesus is really calling his disciples to pray is this. God, we know that you're in heaven. Make your name great among us. Make your name holy among us on earth. Make your kingdom come. Bring your kingdom here. Make your will be done here on earth, just like what it was in heaven. This is so crucial because when Jesus taught the disciples to pray these things, he's not saying that it's already done. Because if it's already done, why did Jesus have to come on the, come down on earth? The problem is not that it, that it was already been done. The problem is it is a reality everywhere else except in the hearts of people like you and me and the, and the men and women in this world. Yes, on one hand, Jesus, Agatha is the Father who is in heaven. Yes, his name was great. Yes, his name is holy. Yes, his kingdom was powerful, that he ruled and reigned in heaven. But yet at this point, his will was done in heaven, is done in heaven. But in the meantime, while we're on earth, when sin enters into this world, God is in the pursuit of making his kingdom to reign and rule in this world. His will to be done here. There are three things I want you to focus on that Jesus called us to pray for. First one is this, to pray that God's name will be made holy. This is praying beyond just, let's pray that people won't use God, Jesus' name in a, in a bad way or use his name in vain or use it as a, uh, as a, as a curse word. Like we're praying more than that. When, when Jesus saying, God, would you make your name to be hollow, meaning holy? He's praying more than just the use of that name, but it is really to get to know the person, the person of God, to be the most holy God, the most perfect God, the most majestic God. And so when Jesus is calling us to pray is this, God, would you help people to know who you are? I don't know about you. Um, there, there are some products that we kind of use the name without even calling it the, the, we use the brand name, but without actually using the, the product name. I'll give you some examples. Uh, you don't, you don't, I don't know, maybe you do, but I don't usually just say, Oh, can I get a tissue paper? You know why I say, can I get a, can I get a piece of Kleenex? You know, Tupperware, you know, Tupperware is actually not the, the product name is actually the brand name, like Rubbermaid. You know, you don't say, when you get hurt, when my son get hurt, I need a Band-Aid. No, the product actually is a Band-Aid. The brand name is Band-Aid. Right? So we use these names, Clorox, Lysol. No, they're disinfectant wipes. But we know these products so well that the name is the first thing that comes to mind. The name represents almost the product in itself in a very similar way, but exponentially more. When we talk about God, the Father in heaven, Jesus is calling us to pray that his name, when people will know him, when they think of the most supreme being on earth, in heaven and on earth, they're thinking of God. That's one thing he called us to pray for that will take place in people's lives. Second one is this, his kingdom. God's kingdom. There's no no kingdom without a king. 
What Jesus is calling us to pray is this, that the King Jesus, God himself, will be the King of people's hearts. That his kingdom will come on earth. Isn't it amazing? The human being are the only creative beings that are in rebellion against God. Psalm chapter 8 tells us that uh, the heavens declares the glory of God. And yet human beings somehow, because of our sinful nature, reject God. That God is the king over every created being, a created, uh, created thing here on earth. And yet we chose to, to, to be against this king. We chose to live our own kingdom. And it is God's intent to rule and to reign in your heart and my heart and to those, to the hearts of every person who is far away from him. He didn't want to rule and reign as a dictator. He didn't want to rule and reign because he wanted to uh, push us down. What he wants to do is when we are ruled and reigned by God, he gave us the presence, the joy, his own presence, the joy and the passion, the identity that we desperately need. But we don't get that unless God is our king. That God's kingdom rules over, that our hearts belongs to God's kingdom. This is why in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, the psalmist, uh, David tells us that he, God may know to him the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. You see, the only way to get the fullness of joy in our life is for God to reign and rule in our hearts. And that's what Jesus said. You need to pray for those who are far away that they will surrender their own rule of their hearts to me so that I will rule, I will reign and give them the best, the very thing that they're looking for. But not only that, not only name their kingdom, but also God's will be done. You know what God's will is? Many of us, many of us when we think of God's will, it's like, oh, what school I go to? What grade I'm going to get? Who's going to, I'm going to get married? Where I'm going to live? How's the retirement going to look like? See, God's will is way more than that. Those are secondary things. God can give those to us anytime if he cho- chose to do it. But God's primary will for us is this in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. He says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. The primary will of God is for us to be ruled by God the Father so that we will conform, live to be like his son, Jesus God's will for you and I and for every person who is far away from God is for us to like, to be like Jesus, to think like Jesus, to worship God like Jesus, to, to live like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to serve like Jesus. Because when we do that, we are, we are becoming the very creation that God had created us to be, to in perfect relationship with God the Father and in perfect love toward one another. This is the will of God, to love God, to love others. But none of that could happen if we do not have God as the king in our lives. Now, those are the things that we're praying for, for those who are far away from God. And when we talk about begin with prayer, this is why it's so important we need to begin with prayer. Because no one, including you and I, on our own, by ourselves, will recognize God's name to be holy. None of us, on our own, by ourselves, who want to surrender our kingdom to God. None of us on our own by ourselves will want to do God's will. 
If you don't believe it, ask, uh, think of the last time when some of you are teenagers, your mom and dad want to come to your house. You slam the door on them. Why? Because you believe that that room is your kingdom. No one should impose onto your kingdom. Think of the last time when, when you want to take a toy from a kid. They say, no, I don't want you to take this my toy. Guess whose will is he trying to impose on? His own. Think of the last time when you, even as a Christian, know that God, the Spirit of God told you to wake up, to go to worship service, to read the scripture, to do an act of kindness to the person next to you. And yet you, rather than doing God's will, you push that way down so that you can get your own will done because I want to sleep in a little bit and do a little more of what I want to do. We are by nature, sinful and human nature, are incapable of honoring God's name to be holy. We by ourselves in our sinful nature are incapable of surrendering our own kingdom. We're unable on our own to live the will of God. And that is also true of those who are far away from God. And that is why we must pray. We must pray and pray and trust that God and his own way and his own time will change the hearts of those so that they will honor God's name, so that they will surrender their own kingdom to have God's kingdom in their lives, so that they will want to do and participate in the will of God in their lives. But that doesn't come without praying and asking God to do it. And so that's the number one thing that we need to pray. We need to pray for others, uh, those who are far away from God, so that they will be, the God's will, God will reign and rule in their hearts. Here's the second one. This is for you and me as Christians. The second reason why we need to pray, the second things we need to pray, is that we need to pray for God to help us to be available in his mission, in his mission in our lives. You need prayer. I need prayer. Every single day so that God will make us available for his mission. Going back to Matthew chapter 6, we look at the first part. The focus was on God to accomplish these things in peoples who are far away from God. Here's verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Many times when we look at this, this portion of the Lord's Prayer, which many of us probably pray more of this part than the first part, it is a very self-centered prayer. That we're looking and saying, God, give me what I need. And sometimes we even cross lines and say, God, give me what I want. And then we pray to God, forgive me because I've done something wrong and now so that I can help others, I can forgive others. We ask God to give, to deliver us from evil or temptation, not necessarily because of others, but because for ourselves. But what I want you to notice in this Lord's Prayer is the order of this Lord's Prayer. The first two, the first half of it is about God seeing his name to be hallowed, honored, his kingdom to become on earth, his will to be done. That is the primary goal of what God wants to accomplish in this world. But this second part, when we pray this second part, asking God to provide for us, to forgive us, to lead us, to protect us from temptation, to deliver us from temptation, is so that we can accomplish this first part. So God is not telling us to, to ask him for things, to deliver us just so for ourselves. Yes, that's part of it. But more importantly, we're asking God to do these things so that we can be a blessing, so that we can be a, a conduit, we can be the means 
a way of blessing others to, to so that they might know the name of God, so that they might surrender to the kingdom of, they will have the kingdom of God in their hearts, so that God will be king, so that they will, 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 will surrender and do the will of God in their lives. We are praying, God, give me what I need today so that I can be a blessing for others. God, help me to be forgiven of my sins so that there's no sin that keeps me away from even interacting with those whom perhaps I have problems with. So no sin standing my way so I can be a blessing for them. God, take take out all these temptations. Deliver me from all these junk and evil in my heart so that there will be no barriers for me to help others to know that, God, you are king. Let me ask you this. I've asked this very often in our in our in our congregation. Think about all the things that you prayed for the last 24 hours, 48 hours. If God answered every single one of your prayer, and God truly answered every single little prayer, big prayer that you have for the last 24 to 48 hours, would that lead to someone hearing the name of God, the name of Jesus? Would that lead to someone who will recognize that Jesus is king, that, that the kingdom of God is so much better than their own kingdom. And if God to answer all your prayers for the last 24 to 48 hours, would that lead to someone seeing, feeling, knowing that the will of God is the best thing that they can ever, it will be truly a treasure that they can have and because of it forsake everything else. See, God is not so interested in giving you strength to do well in school only. He wants you to do well in school so that you can be a channel of blessing to the society, to restore brokenness in this world, to reach out to those who are far away from God in your school and your profession in the future. See, when we ask God for healing, God is not just so much interested in just healing us because the best state of our body is not here on earth. He could have taken us up to heaven. He called, He brings healing upon your life so that you and I can be testimony. We can be blessing to others and share our story with others. We can empathize with others and serve them when they are in need. When we ask God to grow our church, it is not to build up mining. Pastor Ben let people to grow. Pastor Chung let their church to grow. No, we ask God to, to grow our church so that we can multiply God's kingdom. See, God is not so interested in just blessing us, blessing us. He wants to bless us so that we can bless others. And here's the amazing thing. When we start praying for, for, for those who are far away from God, when we start praying the first part of this prayer, it leads us to be more available, more perceptive to those around us who are in need of Jesus. You know why I know that? Because that's what happens in my life. Every day when I wake up, I, 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 in my devotion time, I pray that God will open up doors for me to declare the gospel to people, to meet non-believers. Every day I, I pray that God will open up the hearts of those whom I'm going to meet so that God's word will, will advance, uh, uh, go ahead of me. Every morning I pray that God will open up uh, my mouth that when given opportunity, I will speak the word. I will show and share Christ with others. I will live the life that's consistent with the gospel. And the more I pray for myself, the more my eyes are open to non-believers around me. It wasn't the case that they were not around me. Even the uh, last two weeks, I got an opportunity to go to a uh, cleaner. 
as I've been praying during the morning, God keep bringing him up. Next time when I go, I need to talk to him, ask him how he's doing, his business doing, COVID is doing, offer to pray for him. And even in, in the midst of that, it couldn't be easily a five minute or, or a one minute transaction of, of me dropping off clothes for him and then he giving me a receipt I pay and then, we'll, and then we'll be separated. Out, out of that, God prepare my heart, move me to go talk to him and pray for him. And next time when I come and I share with him what I do is, oh, you're a pastor. I would have never done it if I don't pray and ask God to prepare and make my heart available. And as I pray for him, I open my, God opened up my eyes to, to share with him. Recently, I've become a volunteer cha- chaplain for our, for our, uh, Temple City, uh, Sheriff Department here, Los Angeles Sheriff Department here, uh, Temple City Station. God and open up some opportunities as I'm getting ready to go, uh, to, to meet with the deputies there. God gave me the contact to, to, to text with uh, one of the captains of the station. And again, God just put it on my heart as I pray, God, like, how can I meet with people? And God just opened up my eyes and ask him how he's doing. Ask him how, how can I pray for him? Ask him how, 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 uh, what, what kind of needs he have? And the more we pray for others who are far away from God, the more we pray for ourselves that God will use us, the more God opened up opportunities, opportunities that are right around the corner that we probably have missed if we are not making ourselves available. So that's why it's so important we begin with prayer. We pray for those who are far away, but just as important, we pray for ourselves, that our eyes will be open, that we'll be aware of those around us. So now here's the question. Let's try it out for a size. Every week I say, I'll give you a tool. Here's the tool I want to give you. Who are the people in your life that you need to be praying that God's name will be honored? That they will see Jesus as king. That they will embrace the will of God in their lives to become more like Jesus. Who are the people that you need to reach out to? And here on the screen, I, I want to share this acronym with you called Frank, F-R-A-N-C, and give you the different category categories that you can start writing down, people you can start noticing and commit to prayer for throughout this period of time as we go into this sermon series. And I believe what happened is when you start doing that, the more you pray for these people, the more you will start getting a, having a heart to reach out, to talk, to practice the, the, uh, the, this acronym blessed to them. So here you quickly, F stands for friend. R stands for relatives. A stands for acquaintances, maybe people that you met one time, like the cleaner that I mentioned. Neighbor, people who live close to you in your apartment, in your house, in front of you, before you, behind you, next to you. Or your coworkers and classmates. This is the, the tools I want to give you this week so that you can start working on it, coming with it together as a, as a list and put some names on there and commit to pray. Ask God to reveal himself to your friend. At least five of these people that his name is holy, that they will know God. Ask God to reveal himself to your friend to let go of whatever that's ruling their lives. Maybe money, school, project relationship that they will give up their kingdom so that they can have the full kingdom of God in them. Ask God, pray, plead with God to reveal to your Frank the will of God, the beauty of following Jesus. That though there may be sacrifice, but there's so much more to gain. And so as we as we uh before we break out, I want to share this tool with you. And you're wondering, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray for these people. I have a list in there. I don't have to pray. I want to invite you to go uh, to the website, fcpc.org slash bless. 
there are some resources to teach you what to pray, what verses you can pray for them to come to know God, come to know Jesus. I invite you, encourage you to follow the, the, the devotion that we have together, Jesus Next Door. Every day you get to spend time praying for your friend. Every day you get to spend time thinking through how you can reach out to your neighbor. You can be Jesus for your neighbor today, every single day. And so we're going to break off in a couple of minutes so that you guys can talk a little bit about and come up with your frank list and commit to pray for them. So let's break off and then uh, we'll come back in about 10 minutes and we'll, we'll take communion together and remember Christ and the reason why we're doing this together.